Hey everybody, I'm Eric, and today I watched WWE 2018, Week 21, Part 2, SmackDown, Episode 979 and 205 Live, Episode 78, aired on May 22nd, 2018. Uh, if you listened to last night's episode, uh, you know that I am trying a new thing this week, um, doing a, a new episode each day and uh, i will definitely do it on mondays and tuesdays if i continue it past this week and uh then another episode probably on thursday for um uh, for nxt and main events unless i am actually at a show in which case i can talk about main events um in the monday episode but uh that's only going to happen a couple of times in uh the coming future but uh anyway enough explaining about that um let's talk about smackdown live this was an excellent episode um it was way way better than raw that's for sure um if that was part of some type of strategy to to maybe uh solidify with fox say hey you made a good choice see this show is great why were you even watching the other show i don't know why you're watching raw because you acquired smackdown for your lineup so uh check this out we open up with ms tv where the ms announces that ms and mrs will start airing on USA on July 24th. He also had a time slot for it, but I didn't write that down. Um, that's that's pretty awesome, and I'm uh, I'm I'm excited for that. It's I believe it's just six episodes for this first season, but uh, that's six more that's six episodes more than not having any. So uh, yeah, it's gonna I think it's gonna be really fun. Uh, the New Day are the guests on Miz TV, and the Miz trying to get it out of them. Which of the three will be in the Money in the B ladder match? Ye. Um. Oh, that's the other. I was trying to remember all the stuff that I watched today. Um, before at some point, I I will go over all of that other stuff too. Um, I recommend most of it, but, uh, they're, they're pretty cagey about it. They don't want to reveal, reveal their strategy. I think that's, that's a great strategy to not even let anybody know which one of them is actually in the match until the actual match. Cause, uh, you can't prepare for all three of them or you can try, but you're going to be one third of as prepared. Plus you have seven other people to worry about six other people to worry about. Um, you don't have to worry about your own strategy, except that's really the most important strategy is your own. So I guess it is uh, having to worry about eight people total. Um, but plus another two. It dil dilutes your attention that you can focus on, on e any of them. Watching tapes, all that. Uh, some of the people might may not have even ever been in a ladder match that you can even study, such as Braun Strowman. How do you prepare for that? I don't think Bronstrom has been in a ladder match. I may be wrong, but I have a feeling he hasn't been. 
Anyhow, um, the bar attacks during. Oh, that's the, 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 a match takes place. Uh, the Miz gets out of there, but he runs into Paige backstage and uh, she says, hey, you got to you got to fight one of them because you said that you could fight them anytime, any place, anywhere, anytime, any place, anyone. And uh, so the, the Miz has to face Big E. And uh, it's a, it's kind of a bloodbath for a lot of it. But then the bar attacks the rest of the New Day. The New Day, they, they, they trade off being on commentary. We start with Xavier providing some commentary. And then uh, Kofi gets in there. Uh, they give Big E a nice uh, refresher boxing style break between rounds. That was kind of fun. Uh, but the bar, they come out and they attack. And uh, it provides enough of a distraction. They don't actually, they don't attack Big E, so it doesn't end the match. But it's enough of a distraction that the Miz is able to hit the skull-crushing finale and get the win. So next week, we're going to have The Bar and The Miz versus all of the New Day in a six-man tag team match. Uh, That's okay. The best wrestling moment of the entire week so far um well there's a close second place from grand metallic a move that i was very impressed by it was um it was such a great it, it okay let me describe this move first because i might forget about it by the time i actually get to 205 live um but grand metallic versus uh drew gulak and uh metallic was setting up for he was outside on the apron drew gulak was inside of the ring and uh metallic was setting up to do a springboard move uh into the ring at gulak but uh gulak uh, runs towards him and slides underneath the ropes gets out of the ring grand metallic changes course of action and he instead springboards backwards into uh i can't remember if he there was a twist to it or not um uh, some form of moonsault to the outside and i thought that was uh very very cool so that was my second favorite move of the week the my favorite move of the week and i think probably everybody's favorite move this week if they were paying attention was kofi attacking sheamus but to do so he uh, climbed up on the apron and ran across and jumped off of cesaro so use cesaro as a stepping stone into a flying clothesline to sheamus is is super awesome um so i mean this whole episode was good but uh if you only watch it just for that it's fairly early on in the episode and it's super cool so uh yeah like i said the miz got got the win there up next we had lana versus billy k and uh, all kinds of funny business went down. Um, Aiden English was there at ringside. He was hyping Lana up. Uh, Rusev wasn't there. That was uh, a bit strange. Uh, there was no explanation for his absence or anything like that. But uh, if he was, I feel like it may have been a, a little bit too much of a distraction for the audience. That they wouldn't have gotten nearly as into Lana herself as, um, as they did. And uh, Aiden did a great job of getting them in there. He had a big Lana Day sign. That was great. And uh, all the hubbub at the start of the match, uh, because Peyton Royce was there as well. There was uh, some arguing. 
and some slaps going on. And uh, Lana, once she got Billy Kay back in the ring, was able to take care of business quickly. And I thought this whole match went pretty much as well as it could for, for Lana. So Lana makes it into the Money in the Bank ladder match. And uh, I, I would be pretty pretty excited if she ended up winning that match. Uh, I could see her getting some outside help, maybe. That might be the only way she could pull it off against the likes of Ember Moon, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. All of them are in this match, plus a bunch of others. Um, and I, I honestly have no idea what to expect from this with uh all of the people who are in it so uh yeah uh lana is the best lana number one it would be really cool if she and i talked about this already just in the last episode i think but if rusev also won the men's ladder in the match we have mr and mrs money in the bank that'd be super cool um but uh, all kinds of other combinations will be really cool too, so I'm not I'm not setting my mind to that. Like that's that has to happen, or I'm going to be so upset. Um, next up, we had another uh, brief match uh, where Almas, Andrade Cien Almas, destroyed a local fella. I didn't even write down his name. I didn't catch his name, um, but uh, he he had a little bit of fun there. Him with the double knees to the back of the head and the turnbuckle, that looked pretty painful. Um, and then he finished the match with the hammerlock DDT, of course. With Zelina Vega shouting orders the entire time. Like, just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do, do uh, the other thing we talked about. Um, that kind of um, management style. <laughs> just, do, just do it. Do something to do it. Um, Carmella, we had a, a backstage interview. Um, it, it was just kind of it, it, nothing really memorable about it. What was memorable about, uh, about today about Carmella was that she released or uh, the WWE released uh, a full list of the people who Carmella thinks that she's more money than. But uh, I thought that title for the graphic could be interpreted wrongly if you didn't know what the heck a Carmella is or anything like that. That uh, The grammar of it, Carmella is more money than... Uh, it sounds like like she, she costs more to do something than all these other people. So she's the most expensive um, available. Anyway, it is a funny list. Um, uh, some great people at the very top of the list. Asuka is number one on there because Asuka is going to be fighting Carmella at Money in the Bank. And uh, I fully expect her to win. But if she doesn't, you know, I, that's okay too. But um, I think like number five or six on the list was Dakota Kai, which um, that's, 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 that's kind of cool that she's that high up on Carmel's radar there. And speaking of Dakota Kai, I posted a drawing I did today over on Ericatures uh, on Instagram or Ericatures Art on uh, Twitter. So go check that out. I thought it turned out uh, really well. 
Um, I used markers and colored pencil. And um, yeah, I'm going to have to do more of those, at, at least a couple per week, if not one every day, um, just so I can get better and better and better at it. Um, okay, we had uh, the announcement of Shinsuke Nakamura's stipulation for his match for the WWE Championship against AJ Styles at Money in the Bank. And I was pretty excited to find out. I I got to thinking, what if he makes up an entirely new kind of match? That would be pretty cool. Um, Initially, he says that he wants a pillow fight, um, which I I would enjoy that. If if that was the real thing, that could be pretty fun. Um, But he was joking. And this is such a great line. He said, I'm joking. Oh, yeah, because AJ said something about him being the king of soft style with the pillows. And uh, Nakamura says, I'm joking because I have the upper hand. You're joking because you're afraid. Oh, great line. And uh, we get a bit of a brawl takes place because AJ says, I don't care what the stipulation is because I'm going to beat you no matter what. Um, and, uh, Nakamura takes him down and there are some close calls. Okay. That, that shield thing that's on top of the announcer's table that they take off before they do, uh, their funny stuff with the table. That sounds bad. That sounds like what Kurt Axel was doing the table last, last night. Um, it has like a corner on it. It's like a triangle triangles on each side. And when it's upside down, you have a corner pointing up. I don't know how hard that thing is, but uh, AJ, he went for a phenomenal forearm, which uh, was countered by Nakamura and sent AJ flying to the ground. And he landed like right next to that pointy bit. And there are a couple of other times he also fell really close to that. And I was, it had me really worried. Um, Maybe it, it might may not have been a big deal at all if uh if he did fall onto that because maybe it just crushes as easily as a piece of paper um but it, it also could be uh like hard plastic not like hard hard plastic but where it comes together on the corner there you can tell it's a little bit stronger than you know hitting it in the middle of course and uh yeah that that corner it had me worried i was worried something was going to happen with that and i'm glad it didn't he came so close it was like 6 inches away where he landed and he could have uh not just if he landed like his shoulder on there he totally could have hit his head on there that would be that would've been really bad so uh, i'm glad that it all went uh not badly um so nakamura is standing tall after beating aj down and he says last man standing match which is is exciting yes i've talked about this before the only rule for the last man standing match is who is who can um beat their opponent down that they're not able to stand up uh to answer a 10 count and that may seem like it's like a definitive way to have a winner, but we could have the exact same ending that we had 
at Backlash. It's possible to have that in a last man standing match because both of them got counted out for being uh, unable to answer the 10 count. So I, I hope that's not the case. We don't get yet another draw between the two of them. Um, the, but uh, if it does happen, well, I, it's I've been saying it the whole time, so I'll at least be kind of happy. I was like, see, see, this is what I was expecting. That's why it should have been something else. But it couldn't have been a ladder match because we already have the Money in the Bank ladder matches, but they already have all the ladders there, so that could have made sense. Because a ladder match, there has to be a winner. There's no way for that to be uh, a draw unless they both grab it at the same time and get it off at the same time and both refuse to let go of it. Each of them, that's like one of those car contests where you have to keep your hand on the car and then somebody has like an itch or something and then suddenly they're out. What if we had a championship that is determined that way? That, oh my gosh, yes, okay. This is a this is a new match. I don't know what the name of this match would be. It would be like all hands on deck or something like that. That's, <laughs> they have to keep their hands on the championship or it could be some other thing like a big like ring thing that or something like that i don't know um but either way if they if they take their hand off of the championship and maybe it's like a a four-way match there'll probably be the maximum before it's just like a bunch of people huddled around a thing and then they're just like taking the really small steps to move around um but the first part, it could even be just a one-on-one match that it could it could be like this. That um, they could, uh, yeah, they're both holding on to like a ring or something like that. Maybe not even just the championship. And uh, the first person to let go, they lose. And it's like, it's a brass ring match. You got to grab that brass ring. Yes. There you go. And uh, if you let go, you're out. Maybe it's been done before, but hey, maybe someday we'll see something like that on some show. Maybe not WWE, but um, yeah, so that it, it is going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it, um, and uh, whatever the outcome is, either one of these guys as champion is, is going to be fun to watch, um, as it has been with AJ as champion, both his reigns. Although his first reign was uh, a little bit more um, entertaining, I think, just because he was uh, he was more aggressive about it and stuff. He, I mean, he was a bad guy at the time, um, at least at the beginning of the reign, and so uh, he had some some pretty fun stuff going on. Okay, uh, Usos versus the Club. The winner of this match will face the Bludgeon Brothers at Money in the Bank. Um, it's nice to see this whole situation being addressed finally because we haven't had any like tag team division updates except for the weird Bludgeon Brothers vignettes uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, and uh, the bar, no, sorry, the club. Did I say the bar before? It's Usos versus the club, um, Gallows and Anderson. Uh, the club won the match via the Magic Killer. Um, so that's, uh, that's going to be pretty cool. I think, I, I think 
that uh, these guys could actually stand a chance because we haven't seen them go against uh, Harper and Rowan. I think they could stand a pretty good chance there, especially if they can keep them separated. Uh, just focus on one of the guys, take him out. Don't even let him get near the other corner. <clears throat> oh my gosh. My throat just malfunctioned there out of nowhere. All right, so after this match, uh, we had Naomi versus Sonya Deville. Uh, the winner of this match would also join the Money in the Bank ladder match, and uh, Naomi won. So all of the participants, well, I guess it depends. What do you what do we consider Lana as? We haven't really seen her interact with any of the other women lately. Um, she's only interacted with uh, Rusev and Aiden. So uh, Rusev is technically a bad guy so she is too but i i i don't think so i think she's a good guy all of the smackdown participants are good guys and then over on raw we have two two good guys and alexa bliss and we have the last spot being filled next week it could be all uh, all good guys except for alexa interesting which would probably mean that she'd win um so uh yeah we'll see what happens with that uh and then our main event beforehand we have a interview with jeff he's coming out of the locker room he says i'm taking flight and then runs out there. <laughs> yeah, okay i think we may maybe should be a little bit worried about what's happening here but uh, Samoa Joe's on commentary, and it was uh, pretty great. He was talking talking up both of these competitors, Jeff Hardy and Daniel Bryan, um, and that was nice to, to hear. Uh, there's a brutal counter. Okay, this match was, uh, was great. Really enjoyed it. The most memorable moment for me was when uh, Jeff went for the Swanton Bomb and Daniel got his knees up. That looked super, super painful. And uh, Daniel was uh, a little bit after that. It still took him another minute or so. But he was uh, able to uh, to get the heel hook on Jeff Hardy. And Jeff tapped out. Um, so that's, this means that Daniel Bryan, he, he's not in the ladder match yet. But uh, if he can defeat Samoa Joe next week, then he will be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, and if he loses, then Samoa Joe is in that match. And um, I, I, I'm not sure which, which I prefer. I think Samoa Joe will probably be in there because otherwise we're going to get maybe a little bit too much Miz and Daniel Bryan stuff yet, and uh, they haven't even really interacted since Brian's return. But uh yeah, I'm I am super excited for next week. Samoa Joe versus Daniel Bryan. That's gonna be uh that's gonna be bonkers. Just like this match was a little bit a little bit bonkers. Not totally off the wall. But um yeah. It's been too long since we've seen Samoa Joe just lay some guys out. And uh, him hitting, I, I'm sure we're going to see him hit that Iranagi on Daniel Bryan, just, just 
spike him into the ground. And uh, just that alone, I'm looking forward to that. I, I mean, I want Daniel Bryan to win, but I also want Samoa Joe to win. And uh, so the the only thing I can really hope for and uh, really be happy with the results, since I'll be happy either way with the, the end result, is if there's that Uranagi taking place at some point. So Daniel Bryan is very happy that he's won this match, but Samoa Joe interrupts. He says, I don't know what you're celebrating about because this just means you face me next week. And that's that's not good news for anybody who uh, likes to not be in pain, I'd say. Um, so, th- yeah, that's this whole episode of SmackDown Live. I thought it was great. Um, maybe it wouldn't have been if raw was, was really good this week, then maybe this one wouldn't have seemed as good as, as it was. Um, but that huge disparity between the two this week, um, it's, it's night and day really. Hopefully I, I hope that SmackDown continues at this quality and that raw gets back up to that level. Because up until a few weeks ago, Raw is on fire. And I think one of the big things, we did have Seth in a match, but he wasn't in a singles match. That would have made the, the whole thing so much better last night. But that, does, that wouldn't have done anything about some of the other stuff. Okay, um, before I get to 205 Live, we want to mention a couple of the movies. Uh, not all movies. A couple of the things I watched um today um the first was uh is an amazon prime film um or distributed by amazon studios it was oh i had no idea it was a richard linklater film that explains why it was pretty good um okay i i didn't hear about i didn't know anything about this film until i saw it's recommended on my dashboard and uh the film is last flag flying and it stars brian cranston lawrence fishburne and steve carell uh i'll just read the the description here on imdb since my summary of it probably wouldn't be that great 30 years after they served together in vietnam a former navy corpsman larry doc Shepard reunites with his old buddies former marines sal nealon and reverend richard mueller to bury his son a young Marine killed in the Iraq war. Uh, The film is funny in parts, but then it's also um, very, very sad and hard hitting in other parts. So I wouldn't recommend it unless you are prepared to not feel so great um, after having seen it. Uh, But it is very well made. Uh, These three guys were excellent in their roles. And I thought it was kind of cool that uh, the main character, Doc, played by Steve Carell, he, like, literally has the devil and the angel over each of his shoulders at several points throughout throughout the film. Uh, Because Lawrence Fishburne is a reverend. And Brian Cranston is like the complete opposite of that. Doesn't believe in religion. All things. It's all bogus. And uh, yeah, it's these two completely opposite influences um, trying to get him through this hard time. 
Um, so yeah, I recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, but again, uh, this is my recommendation. This is what I did. I didn't plan on doing this. It's what I ended up doing. Is uh, watch some stand-up comedy right after it. Um, because you're, you're, but maybe not some of the stand-up that I actually did see um, that I did watch. Um, the first thing I watched right after this was um, a George Carlin special, and it was one of the last ones, if not the last one. I can't remember the actual name of it. Um, but, uh, he talks about death a lot and that was after having just watched last flag flying, that was a interesting combination and was just like kind of confirmed a lot of the stuff that they were talking about. Um, at least as far as, um, Brian Cranston's character is concerned, um, with, uh, no heaven and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a bummer to watch that one. Um, but then, after that, uh, Netflix on Netflix just came out today. I believe was Tig Notaro's um, newest special, and uh, it's, it's really good. If you've seen her perform before um, and you enjoyed it, then you gotta check it out. Um, if you haven't seen anything of hers before, um, it uh, she she's different. Uh, it's kind of it's. Um, not what you would normally expect from from most stand-up specials. So uh, just go into it, g- give it a try anyway. And if you like it, go check out all of her other specials because they're great. Um, and then I uh, watched Seth Rogen's Hilarity for Charity, and that um, it was it was interesting. There's some good part. It was a, very much a variety show um lots of guest spots on it john mulaney was on there he did um some of his uh greatest stuff that i really like but but, but then there was other stuff that maybe maybe kind of regrets watching it perhaps so i maybe wouldn't recommend it but i would recommend checking out the actual charity that it's for i believe it's charity h f c.com is the website or something like that uh, it's for alzheimer's research um which uh is a great cause of course um but uh if you see if you get a, a feeling at the beginning of a segment when you're actually watching it they're like oh maybe this probably isn't heading in a, in a great direction um uh, just skip forward a couple of minutes and go on to the next thing because there's some really good parts in there um some some parts that aren't uh, offensive at all uh, a lot of fun i mean there's muppets on the show um and those segments are totally wholesome but then there's others that are just completely disgusting and gross and why why and now talking about it i hadn't thought about it since it happened but now that i'm talking about it um uh, I, I i regret that I've, I've brought it up. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking about right now, but, uh, it's, it's an animated segment. When you get there, I, I recommend just skipping it. Even if you're a Rick and Morty fan, it's, uh, made by one of the co-creators of that show. Uh, skip it, skip that part. You should skip that part, please. 
Um, I just watched some other stuff, uh, including the first disc of my Duckman complete series DVD sets. I got this like a month ago, and it's just been sitting next to the TV this whole time. I thought, I I gotta actually watch this. If I'm if I'm gonna get something like this, I need to actually watch it. And then it's like, yeah, that's why I got it. Not just for it to just sit there and end up in a box. I've never actually watched it. If you haven't seen Duckman. Jason Alexander plays, it's an animated show, um, but uh, Jason Alexander is the voice of, uh, it's Eric Duckman, is his, is his full name. He has a middle initial also, but uh, he's a private detective, and he also has a weird family. His wife passed away, and he has some kids, and now he lives with his uh, his sister-in-law who is his wife's twin sister. So that's weird. Um, but the house and everything was left to her somehow. I don't know how his name wasn't on all that stuff, but, uh, I think it's, (laughs) I'm getting way into way deep into this weird cartoon. Um, but, uh, I, I remember watching this when it first aired, um, not every single episode, but every now and then, and I, I just loved it. It was so weird and crazy, and uh, there's uh, lots of like uh, bosomy girls and stuff in it throughout the throughout the series. So watching it as a kid, it felt like I was getting away with something and all that kind of stuff. Um, when did this air? I gotta check this out. Duckman. Oh yeah, nineteen ninety four. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't watch it when it first came out. It had to have been a little bit later because I would have been nine years old. And that is definitely way too young to be watching this show. But then I, then again, maybe, maybe it wasn't <laughs> too young. Um, it was probably towards the end. Like 1997 pro- sounds more realistic. That was the final season of it. That reminds me, there was a Mortal Kombat TV series. I don't remember the name name of it. It was on after, um, it was on after WCW, uh, Monday Nitro, I think. Um, and I thought it was so cool. I it probably doesn't hold up at all today, but uh, I really enjoy watching that show, and I haven't seen anything about it pop up like ever okay i i paused the recording and i looked it up real quick i believe this is it and oh my god oh my god it's on amazon instant video oh yeah i am totally buying this and watching it as soon as i can i'm going to download every episode um and this will be 100 percent of my of my travel viewing for the the next month or so um oh i'm excited i'm excited i'm glad that i that i was reminded of this and that he looked it up and it's probably gonna be really bad but oh man i'm i'm so excited there is also an animated uh movie that popped up into the related um related shows that uh moral combat the an- not even the animated film the animated video 
was the name of it. I probably still have this tape somewhere. Um, uh, that that was pretty interesting. This came out uh, in 1995, like three years before this TV series. Wait, Mortal Kombat. The, like the early stuff. Oh, this, this is great. I haven't seen any of the newer stuff. We have that Mortal Kombat Conquests. Not Conquest. That's the show I'm talking about now. Um, Legacy from a couple of years ago. Remember that. Um, I haven't seen any of it. But, um, oh, man, I'm excited. Okay. Um, yeah, Duckman. I, I, uh, back to that. I, I finished watching the first disc just in time for SmackDown to start. And it is such a weird show. Um, there's an episode where, okay, you look it up and you'll see like how weird these characters, like the drawing style stylus is super wonky. Um, even more so than something like Rocco's modern life. That's kind of what I equate it to most as far as drawing style, kind of, but it's, it's more like the show within the show on, on, uh, Rocco's modern life. Um, was it the, 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 the meatheads? No, no, it's the fatheads. I think meet the fatheads. Or that's what, I don't, it's been so long since I've seen any Rocco's Modern Life. Um, I need to to fix that at some point. Um, I could do it right now. I'm, I have Amazon right in front of me. I could just type in Rocco, and it'll uh, come up there. Um, the full DVD sets. Oh, how amazing would that have been? To have like 10, 10 years ago even. Um, it only came out uh, for the first time uh, maybe two, three years ago, I think. But anyhow, over to 205 Live. Back to the wrestling. I didn't write a whole lot of notes for this. I did talk about that specific Graham Metallic move. Um, but uh, yeah, this opening match is Drew Gulak versus Graham Metallic. Um, so much fun to watch. And it was made even more fun. By having Jack Gallagher and D. Brian Kendrick on commentary, um, saying all kinds of stuff, I I love it that Jack Gallagher calls him Grand Metallica. Um, he made it a nice joke about that, um, and uh, yeah, just just in general, this this match was so much fun. And then of course that specific move that I I loved from Grand Metallic. Um, that springboard reversed into uh, not not reversed really um, the uh, redirected springboard uh, to the outside, which is pretty great. Uh, but the winner of the match was not Gramatalik; it was Drew Gulak who was able to get. Uh, well, he he dodged a couple of big moves and was able to turn. The momentum around and uh, got Metallic into that gulag and won the match. Uh, this fares well for Drew heading into the UK Championship Tournaments or whatever it's actually called. I don't know if the word championship is in there since uh, they're, I think the winner will go on to fight Pete Dunne at some point later. Or maybe that's the conclusion of the events. I, I don't know. I haven't read up on any details that may have come out so far. Um, I barely even know who's in the tournament. I know, um, I, I know that Drew Gulak is in there 
and um, I think all of the guys we saw last week on 205 Live, I think they're all in there. Um, Jack Gallagher is in that tournament. Uh, maybe Mark Andrews. I hope Mark Andrews is. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that later as uh, the hype for it starts to build up. Because next week, the main focus right now is that next week we have Cedric Alexander in a ch- defending his championship against Buddy Murphy. Uh, we got a couple of nice interviews with both of those guys. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see see what happens with that. I am fully expecting Cedric Alexander to continue the era of Alexander. Um, I think at some point we got to start calling him Alexander the Great. But uh, that might be jumping the gun a little bit too soon. We've got to have a, a few more uh, televised title defenses, I think. Even though all of his matches are great, uh, just to be safe, let's get a few more great ones in there. You can start calling him Alexander the Great. Um, Alex the Good. Alex the Pretty Darn Good. Um, and we had TJP versus some guy. I didn't catch his name. Um, and TJP won via de- detonation kick. And then the main event of this episode, Akira Tozawa versus Hideo Itami. Uh, this whole feud going on um, as a result of Itami not being happy, just being paired up with someone when he came in. He didn't come here to fight with uh, with somebody at his side. He wanted to be here to, to fight for himself. And that he did. Tons of great stuff in this episode or in this match and this episode, but um, the the big one that made my back hurt just watching it happen was that huge senton by Akira Tozawa, and Itami gets way, way the way away from there. He, he dodges it fully, and uh, it's a splat on the mats. Um, with that senton, it looked super painful. Um, so, uh, Itami was able to take full advantage after that moment and hit his new f- finisher, which I'm not sure has a name. We haven't even seen that move on TV, I think, in uh, quite a while, maybe even since like the second or third time that he, he's even used it on TV. I kind of felt like Itami had some new life in him that I haven't really seen from him in a while. Maybe, maybe even since when he first came back from his injury in, in NXT, um, that kind of like determination and stuff. So uh, let's see him go after Cedric Alexander and get that championship. Cause uh, he, he basically has a reverse lumbar check. It's uh, very similar, similar, but uh, to the face instead of to the, the lower back. Um, and, uh, yeah, see, to see him go against anybody in singles matches would be great because we've only been seeing him in, in these tag team matches. And this, this match right here tonight is evidence that we, we got to see him more one-on-one, and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, so... Yeah, that that that's that's all for today's stuff. 
Um, I'll be back probably Thursday, maybe Friday, um, with the next couple of days of stuff. NXT and main events and any other extra shows and movies that I end up watching in the meantime. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that. I think that will also be part of this new format is that I'll take some time to talk about other stuff that I've been watching. Um, so I uh, recommend some of that, especially if it's on Netflix or um, Amazon Prime or Hulu um, or even HBO because I do currently have HBO now. Um, uh, let me know some stuff that I may not have seen yet. And of course, let me know what you thought about tonight's episode of SmackDown and 205 Live by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. Go to todayiwatched.com for more reviews. If you enjoy this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review on iTunes, and support the show even more at patreon.com slash todayiwatched. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll be back real soon with part three of week 21 of WWE of 2018 of hello. Bye. Okay, that went really well. Whole last part. I don't even want to try recording again, but it would have worked so much better if if I ended with bye. I did end with bye, but I went into hello for some reason. And um, I know it doesn't make sense, but uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.